In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Today begins Advent, as you probably figured out. Now, the word Advent simply means the arrival of someone, something that's notable. That's what it means. Now, with someone who arrives, there also goes along with someone waiting. Now, you might have wondered about the gospel reading today, because isn't Advent about waiting for the baby Jesus? All we read today was of an adult Jesus' arrival into Jerusalem, which you might remember six days from the event we just read, Jesus dies. Now, waiting for a baby's arrival is very exciting. I mean, there's something to it that exudes joy. But waiting for someone to die isn't something we really get stirred up for. Now, over the next several weeks, baby Jesus will dominate the landscape, our thoughts. But there is actually a similarity to the character of Jesus who arrives in Jerusalem to die and Jesus who arrives in a manger to live. Now, from the gospel reading, we find out that Jesus is a humble king, exemplified by riding on a donkey in a colt, rather than riding on what kings normally ride on, horses, a symbol of power and strength. Now, there is more to this humility. As a king enters into a city, he would enter through the main entrance, welcomed by the mayor, the city council, chief of police, head of the fire department. However, when Jesus arrives, the only ones who are waiting for him is some no-name crowd. Neither the city rulers nor the religious leaders wait for him. Now this same humble king is the one who was born to a no-name teenager that rested in a dirty manger. Notice simply by some shepherds while the rest of the world slept. Now this image of the humble king for Advent is set up against another king, the Roman Caesar. Now, the Roman Caesar at this time actually had an advent. In fact, he had many advents. When he would travel throughout his kingdom and arrive in certain cities, that would be an advent. And those cities, in a well-planned celebration, were expected to wait for the Caesar outside the city walls so that when he came, they would rejoice. That is, they were expected to rejoice with trumpets, dancing, and words of praise. Of course, since they were expected to, the excitement wasn't always genuine. Now compare that when Jesus arrives into Jerusalem to rule in humility, mercy, and forgiveness rather than by force and power. Between those two kings, those in Jerusalem expecting a new way, were excited to wait for Jesus. And perhaps this is why the city was stirred up 
by Jesus' arrival because they've had enough of the old way of living and were ready for a new way. Now, you can always tell the difference between someone who has to wait versus someone who wants to wait. All you have to do is go to the baggage claim at O'Hare Airport. Those who have to wait, like those taxi drivers who are there to pick up their customers, they stand there with their sign, with the name, not necessarily excited. Sure, they might say, hello, how was your trip, or they might not. But even though they're getting paid to be there, very rarely do you see a taxi driver with a sense of anticipation and joy. And they're waiting for the arrival of their customer. Now compared to that image, with someone who's waiting for their loved one, who's to return from a long trip, they have no need for a sign because they really can't imagine any more life without that person. And they can't imagine another day without them. And these people, just by simply watching them, you can tell that they're waiting for a loved one because they cannot stand still. They are so filled with excitement, they're fidgety. By watching them, you can see that there's so much anticipation inside them that the joy just simply overflows. Now, in these two examples, we see that the arrival of the who directly impacts the how of the one waiting. For the first, waiting just is boring and possibly annoying if the customer's plane is late. However, for the second, waiting isn't really waiting, is it? It's rather anticipation. It's bated breath. It's simply a way of life. So the season of Advent is here to help us see who we're waiting for. Help us to see who is arriving. And subsequently, change how we wait for that one. Jesus is coming. Which means our entire life, in fact, becomes this purposeful waiting. While the world will try to distract you with consumerism and materialism, especially over this last weekend, we're all here to remind you that Advent is about waiting for the arrival of your loved one. Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, was born to a lowly virgin who slept in a simple manger. He's the same king who entered into Jerusalem to die for the sins of the whole world. And he is the same king who arrives here today in word and sacrament to forgive you your sins and give you a whole new way of living. Jesus is the loved one of ours who loved us first by taking upon himself our sin, our guilt, and our shame so that we wouldn't have to live life burdened by it. We would be free to wait with anticipation, bated breath, and pure joy. Which means over the next few weeks, it will not be surprising to find people too excited for Jesus' arrival to simply stand still. so hard to stand still that they actually 
might spend their time waiting by loving others, by doing good works. Or we might find it normal over the next few weeks that people are so full of anticipation that the joy simply overflows in the form of their giving in order to give to the mission of the church. All these things are Advent. Advent is all about how Jesus shapes our posture in this world at this time to be one of waiting. A waiting, though, that says something about the one who is arriving. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.